Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Heather McGregor. Hello, Heather. Mike, I'm Annie's husband. Hello, Carol Hoyos. Hello, Carol Hoyos. husband. My date date to you. My section editor of Nifty. Hello, Carola. It's lovely to be back on the podcast. We've had quite a week. You've taught me what strategic networking is. It's not that easy. No, but I've taken you to the best place to build a strategic network, which is the Chelsea Flower Show Gala Preview. Tell me, what do you think of it so far? Good fun. Um, Reminds me of Wimbledon a little bit without the tennis. A few more flowers precariously placed. But um, I live in fear of looking at somebody and going, I know who that is, and then forgetting their name. What about you? We knew knew Toby Hayward. Yeah. We saw him. We've seen Carolyn McCall. I recognised her. She's hard not to recognise. Yeah, so that was great. Then we saw Adam Walker, who's the finance director of GKN. Yeah. Uh, and we saw Stuart Chambers, who's the chairman of Wrexham and Arm Holdings. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing quite well, really. Yeah, yeah. So now are we going to finally look at some flowers? <laughs> Don't be stupid, Carola. We are going to go and meet some more people. You can look right. at flowers anytime. You can come back on Friday and look for flowers for £35. You know, these tickets tonight are five or £600 a go. <laughs> Women are particularly bad at building a strategic network. So that's why I wanted you and I to go there and see if we could be any better at it. What do you think? I wasn't that impressed with myself, but I was very impressed with you. Oh, yes, I was deeply impressed with myself as well. <laughs> Not at all. The but le- that you've made a really useful contact in the queue to get in, that tells me that you are really on the right track. Well, thank you. He had a wonderfully bright blue suit, so it was a very easy icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we're going to learn something about this now because... We're with the woman who knows all about why it's important to build a strategic network. Herminia Ibarra is the visiting professor of organisational behaviour at the London Business School. She's written a fabulous book called Act Like a Leader, Think Like a Leader. Hello, Heather and Carola. (laughs) When we told men about the thesis of this podcast, and it wasn't a hugely scientific pool of people, it would probably about eight men, every single one of them said, rubbish. Women are not worse at networking than men. There is no evidence whatsoever that women are worse at networking than men. Absolutely not. But there are barriers that are structural and demographic that women face in male-dominated areas because of the likes attract principle. There was a study of the hobbies and personal pursuits of board members of Fortune 500 boards. They were very different for men versus women. Women did museums and culture and so on, and men did a lot of sports, for example, just to take the most obvious one. And so we live in a world where our activities outside of work are still somewhat different, which creates fewer opportunities for that kind of laid-back situation where you can say, you know what, my ambition really is to go for that job. What do you think? But you're having it over a glass of wine. You're having it over a steam. You know, my colleagues at INSEAD go to the sauna uh, to relax together. And they've invited me, but I said no thanks. (laughs) 
and so so that's the difficulty. But I used the fact that I was often the only woman in the room when I was covering energy, for example, or defense, or even when I was at the United Nations in my first job. And yes, there were the cigar groups that the Bill Richardson, then the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. had, and where only boys were allowed to come and play poker and, and smoke cigars. But I used to great effect the fact that I was the youngest and almost always the only woman in a room. You say likes to trap, but in my experience, opposite of trap. Yeah. Well, it's certainly a good attention getter. <clears throat> Having something distinctive is something that can draw attention to you. But remember that networks are not about one-shot interactions. They're what happens after you have the foot in the door. Yeah. And the extent to which both people are somehow motivated to say, you know what, I want to stay in touch with that Carola. We should have lunch together. You know, there's something interesting there. I want to get to know her better. There's like six years of research that shows that the human being is intrinsically narcissistic and anything that kind of reinforces their sense of who they are that feels comfortable because it feels like them is going to get more benefit of the doubt. But you talked then about the fact that you know the first meeting is only the start and and when we were at Chelsea I met three new people that night who were completely new to me at different stages all of whom I'd like to stay in touch with. One was the CEO of Poundland. I discovered that he lived quite near me at home. Mm. And so I invited him to my son's new bar that he's opened because I thought that would break the ice. And then I gave him my business card and he wrote to me the next morning and said, let's all meet at the bar. So that was very helpful. So you've introduced me to a whole bunch of people and I've introduced you to one or two. How would you suggest I follow up with the people you've introduced me to where all they have seen as a tall, smiling woman? Uh, you know, how do I capitalize on this? You've got the perfect opportunity. <laughs> You can write and ask them to do, you know, at work with the FT. Oh, I, I, it was lovely to see you at the Chelsea Flower Show with Heather. Yes. And, a little uh, bit of Heather Golddust, yeah, you know, right. lovely name you dropping. At, lovely to see you at the Chelsea Flower Show with Heather. And I wondered whether you'd be remotely interested in doing, you know, a piece with us on at work with the FT. Okay. Although there were flowers there, not many people were looking at flowers, but there were flowers and gardens there. And lots of people are interested in flowers and gardens. You know, there was an interesting article in the New York Times yesterday about why Hillary Clinton is disliked. And the hypothesis was that she has no hobbies, that, there, that she is simply a two-dimensional CV. Because it's so easy to, for somebody like Hillary Clinton to have loads of hobbies, raise a child. I cannot <laughs> agree more. But at the same time, I think it's true. And that's one of the things that I often see in the corporate world is that when people don't know anything about you outside your work life, whether you're male or female, they don't trust you because they haven't seen you with their partner. They don't know if you have a partner. They don't know what you enjoy doing. They haven't seen you in a more relaxed atmosphere. Now, unfortunately, that happens more to women because they feel like maybe nobody cares about their interests outside the workplace or they will be discounted for it or they have fewer or they talk about their kids and schooling which is you know which is the other the well, big thing but it's such a damper and the other thing is men still generally have wives and wives need wives right so if you want to have a hobby like golf or rugby those kind of things that men have in common then you need a wife at home um, dealing with the kids right I, I even if you're rich and you have more. a nanny a lot of the strategic networking happens exactly at the time women who have kids need to be home taking care of dinner and seeing their children before they go to bed do you find it easier to network with another person you can introduce yes. yourself and say look let me be very 
generous and introduce this rather clueless-looking editor of mine. No, but the good thing about introducing my clueless editor uh, is that I can say, if I'm not quite sure who it is, I can say, this is Carola Hoyers. And then they have to say, hello, I am Stuart Chambers, or whoever it is that you've forgotten the name. You forgot Stuart Chambers' name? No, I didn't, but I have to tell you, it was touch and go about whether I remembered his wife. <laughs> the guilty part that aspect comes in when it comes to strategic networking with particular senior people in your field that you know you need to get a project, to get a promotion. And it feels utilitarian in ways that relationships shouldn't. Because when you're networking, you're approaching it as a building a relationship, but underneath you've got an agenda. It's not that you like them. It's not that you want to get to know them. It's that they can be useful to you. Mm. By and large, everybody feels a bit dirty about this. There's been research that shows that people feel dirty when they have to network instrumentally that way. There's some hilarious studies that even show that in experiments afterwards, they will be more likely to choose personal products that have to do with hygiene and cleansing. <laughs> you have a shower after Chelsea? <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I did have a bath. <laughs> yeah. but, but that, that happens much more when it comes to having to get to know senior people in your company, but who are maybe two levels above and not in your area. And let me ask you about sports, because one of the ways I find that men break the ice is to talk about football and yes the story of Leicester City is a, a fabulous human, human story and I, I'm very happy to talk about that right but I find it really inauthentic to comment about Arsenal and if I really have absolutely no interest in, in that sport. I've had this debate I don't know how many times <laughs> over right and it kind of splits right down the line. There are women who will tell you hey you know it's a tactic just like you do your homework on anything else. Yep. It helps. It doesn't take that much to kind of scan the sports page. Just chuck <laughs> it up and do it and then there's others who say like you I couldn't be bothered. This is just not who I am. We're in the cab from Chelsea to dinner and I wanted to ask you when you're networking at a big event like that and people are really seeing kind of what do we see 50 people or something how do you stand out is it clothes you wear is it I mean it's easy that guy we met who was like six foot five forever will be the tall guy we met well when I meet people for the first time one of the things I try and find out is, you know, what are they interested in? You know, I mean, you know, we talked about the banality of starting by asking about their shoes. At a place like that, you'd start with gardens, and I'd certainly try and find out if we had anything in common. Are they FT readers, for instance? Well, you don't have that much time. At these yeah. things, you might have no, no, no. When I get a minute or two. Tonight, before I go to sleep, I will write down a list of the follow-ups from that. So let's take Sam Laidlaw, who's somebody that you, you know, hadn't seen for a long time. Do you want to stay in touch with Sam Laidlaw? If you do, then you probably now, Carola, ought to do something about writing to him and sending him a note and sending him something. Actually, something like, something. like a present. Like a present. Oh, my goodness. What would I send, send to Sam Laidlaw? <laughs> now I'm taping. Okay. Is this your first year doing the catering? Because it used to be Doe Co. Carola was most impressive. She walked right up to celebrity chef Raymond Blanc and demanded to meet him. I really felt... Uh, brilliantly supported that the creative power uh, behind Cichardin Blanc. It's a garden named after you. <laughs> because the whole idea of this garden is to try to take you away from the corporate world. Right. The whole yeah. idea of this garden is to be childlike, yeah. is to be uh, fun, to be uh, informal, and also to create an environment for you which is taking away from the 
the hard side of the corporate side so you can smile tonight and be happy and relax and enjoy and celebrate life. And, and meet useful people. This is a pretty big crowd of pretty important British businessmen. Do you think that maybe a year or two down the road somebody can tap you on the shoulder and say, oh, you know? Well, I hope it's before. <laughs> uh, yes, you meet some very I mean, you have half of Great Britain's power here, powerhouses, internal bodies, creative bodies, entrepreneurs, and so on. And uh, and it's really lovely because those people travel. Half of them are my guests of the Belmont Manor Arcade yes. Saison, okay? Because they, and they're, because they're people who are sophisticated, they travel, they know what is good. They expect, there's a huge expectation as well. That means yeah. uh, definitely if I don't deliver, I would be in trouble, but I <laughs> well, will I've been deliver. Eating it, and I also have been to the Manor, and it's some fantastic food in there. So. Oh, that's really lovely of you, really lovely. What I noticed about Chelsea, was that everybody basically was 40 to 65, perhaps a little older. There were very few people who were younger. And if you want to grow your business, if you know want to know what the next disruptor is, and if you don't want to be part of that little silo, chances are, given how long our careers are going to be, we're going to have to know those 30-year-olds. You have to find a way to bring them in very systematically. You know, the World Economic Forum years yes. ago noticed the very same thing, and they put in a very specific program to bring in millennials called the Global Shapers, because otherwise that generation was not part of the conversation. And by the way, oftentimes they're experts, they're giving keynotes, they're doing consulting, particularly on digital and tech topics. I had one young woman who was extremely expert who told me, I never do any networking before my talk because nobody wants to talk to me. They assume I have no relevance. But once I've given my talk, everybody (laughs) comes up to me. At the end of our podcast, we always ask a few irreverent questions. After all, it's called irreverent questions, but this is money penny. And you've known me long enough to know that I ask all sorts of wacky questions anyway. Um, But we were talking about the business of strategic networking, and I'm really interested to know what the most awkward networking moment you've ever had was. Yesterday at the Chelsea Flower Show, <laughs> I spotted the one, you know, I've just moved here, so I don't know anybody. I spotted the one person I thought I knew, and I walked up to her, and uh, she was with her partner. I said, oh, of course, we just saw each other at whatever, and uh, it was the wrong person. The two of us, we went round the Chelsea Flower Show noticing people's shoes, and I love your shoes. These are like a metallic loafer. I can only describe them as that. They are real standout shoes. Interstellar looking. Yes. Yeah, I have to say, they are <laughs> huge conversation breakers. I, um, I've i had incredible conversations as a result of my shoes. Yesterday, I was uh, visiting a boarding school that I hope my son gets into, and the head teacher loved my shoes. And so, you know, if I can use it to get my son into school, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so I have an irreverent question for you. We used to joke that we judge CEOs by their wives. Are there any shortcuts you take in terms of making snap judgments about people that you, of course, overturn as you get to know them? I have mixed feelings about that question. As a woman, and most women I know instinctively have a radar out for um, does the person's spouse work or not. That's that's Mm. kind of a a first cut. But I have a lot of tolerance for... um, the bling factor and the fashion factor and everything else. Uh, just recently, I had a, um, a supermodel in one of my programs, and everybody was expecting um, her to not be very clever at all. She was brilliant. 
And so, so you, you, you can't assume, you know, sometimes maybe I'd rather look that way <laughs> Maybe I'm, maybe <laughs> but, I'm just a do, judgmental, mean have, um, woman hater. One, one last one from me. Smart, pretty, funny. What's best for networking? Funny. Uh, that's very helpful, actually. That, that's obviously why I trained to do stand-up comedy. Uh, uh. So you do a lot of speaking. And what is the one bit of technical equipment that you wouldn't like to speak without? A really good PA. You mean personal assistant or PA system? Personal assistant. Oh, right. So not that. <laughs> a, a human being who will call me and say, don't forget this, don't forget that, who will make it such that the absent-minded professor that I am isn't going to mess it up in any of the ways that I could mess it up. Hermione, thank you so much for hosting us today, and thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to come around and tell you that I did try out your ideas, and they worked. You haven't told me the one crucial thing, is how do I get myself invited to Monday night at the Chelsea Flower <laughs> Show next year? I will take you next year, that's a promise. Oh, you okay. just dumped me as a date! Oh, there we Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.